fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And we have a very exciting guest for you today. And this is where I'll do the intro. We are so thrilled to have you here, Amy. I discovered Amy. I know you're all going to be shocked because she wrote a book about herbs <laughs> called Blackthorn's Botanical Magic, The Green Witch's Guide to Essential Oil for Spellcraft, Ritual, and Healing. She also wrote a great book called Blackthorn's Botanical Brews, which you have seen Corey and I post about on Instagram. She also has a great book called Sacred Smoke, and she is currently working on her fourth book, which she's going to talk a little bit about in this episode. She has her own podcast called Blackthorn's Grove, and it is an amazing library. If you don't already know that podcast, you should check it out, and you'll have hours of fabulous and informative listening. I'm a huge fan of her drink recipes and her teaching, which I also talk about. But she also has a tea shop, y'all. I know. I know. We talk about that as well. And we have links for you in the show notes. So without further ado, let us welcome Amy Blackthorne. You're giving me like easy summer vibes. And I'm just like, I'm num 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 num. Just like eating them up. (laughs) Is it warm where you are right now? It is 82 degrees currently, so it Whoa. is warm. That's too hot. <laughs> oh Unless you're like literally by the water, that's too hot for me. And you're on the East Coast. I, well, Delaware is just, is a beach. Delaware is just a strip of beach. That's fair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, didn't you guys just get like statehood or something like that? That was at Washington, D.C. That was Delaware's already a state. Sorry. Delaware is the first state. I knew that. (laughs) Thank you very much. Everybody. I was just testing you all. (laughs) By the way, this is Detta. I don't want to embarrass or put any ignorance on anybody else. (laughs) Um, But, uh, well, hi, Amy. Um, Oh, my goodness. Hi. Real quickly before we continue, I just need to clarify that I do indeed and did indeed know that Delaware was a state. I didn't know it was the first state, but I did know it was a state. Next, I am such a huge fan and I am so glad you are here. And I may or may not have. Okay, I uh, follow her quite a bit and I'm quite enamored. And yes, you've heard this story before. So I was thrilled and excited and surprised when she said yes come on the podcast because as I said in the intro Amy already has her own podcast I'm in love with her books (laughs) I feel like I have uh in the last year I have like quadrupled or even like octupled my book my witchy book collection and a third of them are yours (laughs) yeah yay (laughs) (laughs) So, Amy, how did you get started? And do you call yourself a witch and all that good kind of stuff for our listeners who don't know you? I absolutely do call myself a witch. My my work has always been in plant botanicals. I mean, I've started with, well, let's start at the beginning. <gasps> it's a very good place. <laughs> very good place to start. <laughs> um, I don't, I never start at the beginning when I'm writing. I always fake it out at the end. 
So we can do it with storytelling now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny because I, I can imagine, I can remember being this very small person, kindergarten-ish age, exploring my postage stamp of a yard in uh, Northwest Baltimore in a very, very, uh, I can't, the house itself was really lovely. We had a little strip of bamboo that separated our yard from the little alley to the to the side of the yard, but we had a little posted stamp of grass and some mint that that a previous tenant had planted in you know outside the apartment. It was one of those houses that someone turned into apartments, and so that was my my plant experience until uh, the summer between second and third grade. I was just like, okay, I, I, we live where there's concrete. My elementary school had thirty foot high chain link fences to make to keep the kids safe. There was just wow. a concrete pad. Kids in concrete don't mix. You, you no. trip and fall, you <laughs> smash your face open. It's not good. So we moved to Northern Baltimore County um, before I started the third grade. And all of a sudden we had like two acres and we had a yard and we had trees that I could like walk up and touch. And <laughs> in between two of the little easement windows for the basement, there was a little pink thing and I'm fascinated. Turns out it's Azalea, but I didn't, I didn't get to see things like this as a kid. So I, I sat in front of this bush, just pouring over every petal and every flower and every leaf until one day the flower part falls out. And inside is this little green cup is a perfectly round black seed. And it completely blows my mind that this flower turned into a seed. This, this transformative magic that happened where I'm every day I come out and I talk to this plant and I'm, you know, in the third grade and the flower falls out and here is this seed. And it's like the, the mysteries of the universe all filtered into my brain at that moment. And I was entranced by both plants and the magic of plants and how they create and continue. You know, I was in third grade, so I hadn't had any birds and bees talks yet. And it was really incredible to understand how these things come about. So I was hooked. I was lifelong. I was done. Plants are my jam. So wow. that is a great story of discovery. <laughs> I mean, what a wonderful way to discover it, like totally and completely on your own. So fast forward to I'm 11 years old and I'm sharing a bedroom with my older sister and my two younger sisters are sharing a bedroom and we sort of have our own colonies happening, our own rules, our own <laughs> cultures. Well, anyone who has a younger sibling can tell you the fastest way to get a younger sibling involved in your business is to tell them they're not invited. <laughs> so one day my older sister comes home from, from high, you know, she's in high school, brings her best friend in and they're, they're giggling and they're safely guarding Holly's backpack and there's, there's something magical happening in here. And I'm really excited to figure out what it is because you're the middle child. You have to know all the things. So, oh, you've got to go. You got to get out. <laughs> I am, the more you, the, the more you protest, the more I'm interested in what you're doing. So the, the evening wears on, Christine goes home. We have dinner. Everyone goes to bed except me. <laughs> Those of you who've seen Pink Panther, cartoons can imagine me <laughs> sliding out of the edge of the bed across the floor on the tippy tippy toes of my fingers da -da. Da -da. Da -da. <laughs> across the, this wooden floor 
that we've we've just we had to we polished three square minute meters of because my father's oh yeah polish the floor so that one little square in near the closet was the only one ever polished <laughs> and I, I find her backpack and super carefully opening it that zipper one tooth at a time so she doesn't wake up catch me by the time I, you know eons have passed and I open this book bag and I look inside and there is a copy of like a guide for solitary practitioner by Scott Cunningham oh my god yes so I like with the book in my teeth I'm crawling back across the floor and I crawl into my bed and I'm now reading this book by the light of the gas station that's two blocks away not even we're not going to risk a flashlight no I'm not this is not amateur hour and I'm reading this leaned up against the window trying to capture some light from the gas station down the street and I read it in about two hours and it changed my life I spent every waking moment, every everywhere I could think of, every library, every repository of books looking for magic from that moment on. And it was just a really incredible feeling to know that, you know, growing up, we were just sent to whatever church was nearby, uh, what was convenient. It wasn't that we had any particular faith of practice or just sort of, you know, our parents didn't even go on Christmas and Easter. They're, they're just like, hey, drop you off. <laughs> So it was never really anything important. It was just something to do on a Sunday. So understanding that all the things that I had really felt about myself, really understood about the way the universe worked, was right there in a book that somebody else wrote down and validated everything I had already been thinking. Mm. So it was an incredible moment of, okay, it's not just me. It's not just these these stories this is this is something that's really happening what a profoundly powerful realization that feeling when you're like oh i'm not alone in this god it's good yeah scott (laughs) seems to be a lot of people's way in he's the gateway for so many and that him and silver raven wolf for a lot of the modern day neo-pagan uh witches and so So do you also consider yourself wiccan do you still follow or was that just your introduction and you went your own way no, no, no. Uh, the minute I turned 18, the fair, the minute I turned 18, I ran out and I joined the first coven I could find. Never Excellent. do that. Never. Uh, <laughs> and it was a, it was a, uh, it was a British traditional witchcraft coven uh, lineage and all that secrets mm-hmm. and knocks and really neat stuff. So I, the first thing, my first coven experience was British traditional witchcraft. That's what I consider my foundation. That's still a lot of what I practice, um, on my on my downtime that's mm-hmm. where i'm at a lot of the things that people consider oh when you know wicked not witchcraft you know there's there's a lot of gray area depending on um which publisher you've you've read which you know where your books have come from yeah and the foundation that you have so it's something that's wildly contested from person to person so it's always interesting to see where people are so I don't know about Corey, but I have, since I've been a practicing solitary for a very long time, I'm just now after 23 years looking at covens and such like that. And so I went to WitchCon and and have foyered into uh, all the politics of witchcraft. And the last time that I dealt with politics of witchcraft was when I went to like women's festivals and uh, and festivals back in the 90s and early 2000s. And and I was like, oh, which is part of what like made me go, oh, Kevin's are probably not for me. 
But oh my gosh, just exactly what you're saying. The no, witchcraft means this and Wicca means this and just the polarization that it can cause. It's like dropping a bomb in a room. As an elder oh my millennial. Goodness, yes. Yeah. As an elder millennial who's here for a good time, not a long time, uh, on TikTok, um, I have... I have managed to cultivate my my social media feeds, Tumblr, TikTok, etc., um, to be fun and enjoyable and informative. That's like I've I've really peaked when it comes to the algorithm. But when you're on TikTok, for example, there is a lot of weird gatekeeping and politics yeah. about witchcraft and like people like cursing other people and like and just being really hostile and and I not that I'm like <laughs> wish I lived in a cave get away from me everybody but sometimes sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes. Being, being in that space I'm like wow if this is what witches are doing to each other I don't know if I want to join a group of them but then we, um, then we find people but, like you Amy. but then we find people who are great yeah. like you and and like Courtney uh, Weber Courtney Weber I just like, spent time with her this morning because I'm part of their Patreon on on Witch Life and like we there's these beautiful pockets of of like acceptance and kindness and and it's really nice it makes you think all right maybe not this week I'll go and live in a cave I'll wait another week to see how it goes <laughs> um but uh you're a beautiful description of finding magic actually leads into a question that I had. Is it okay if I ask a question? I love questions. Oh, good. Um, so your sort of uh, transition into plant magic was very natural, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah, which is beautiful and wonderful. Did that make, as you got older, like the transition into using herbs in like cocktails and 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 teas what was that sort of what's the word I want what was that sort of journey like for you it was actually really natural so I went from doing this stuff at home you know I'm, I'm I've got a bike and I'm doing neighborhood chores for neighbors uh, for pocket change so I can pedal to the local grocery store and buy myself a window box and a 10 pound bag of soil and a six pack of petunias and I'm carrying all of this on my bike because I'm pedaling furiously to get home and trying to harness that idea of magic for myself I mean you should have seen me with a, a bird feather that fell from the sky trying to cross pollinate the red petunias with the purple petunias to see if I can get a red and white or a, red, a purple and red petunia <laughs> <laughs> to understanding that creating uh, magical practices and and it's sort of the same way I, was, I, I talk about it in some of my books the idea of the green the green witchcraft journey your your journey with witchcraft as a as a scientific exploration you're you're trying something you're forming your hypothesis and you're giving a shot you're writing down the results i mean it's very akin to the scientific method i was just gonna so, say that feels so <laughs> beautifully scientific and alchemist and all that good stuff when i was able to uh when i went to high school i went into a few different high schools i moved a lot as a kid when i had the opportunity to instead of spending all my day in high school and hating every minute of it um uh, it's it's hard being the, the gifted kids you know, we, we gifted kids shout out. <laughs> no, and 
you know, you you want to learn, but the people around you making it miserable, it makes it a lot more difficult to enjoy. So I was given the opportunity to go to a countywide school half of the day to study flower and plant production, to learn to be a florist, to learn to run a greenhouse, to uh, take the plants that really excite you and cultivate them on you know, for school credit. Sign me up. I I liked it so much I went back and I did a year as a as a student teacher. It was such a really incredible experience for me because you get to pick what you want to grow. They hand you a seed catalog and tell you to pick things mm. and I don't have to pay for it. And I can have whatever time I want and I can cultivate what I like. Uh, I was I was given the opportunity to create hydroponic systems for for cultivating herbs and growing fruits that I enjoy. I was giving, you know, as a, a student teacher, they gave me my own little greenhouse to manage however I wanted to plant whatever I liked. Like, wait a way to cultivate a green witch there, guys. <laughs> because yeah. all I did was I was the herb chick. You know, I got to do all the herb planting and the cultivating the the cult the culinary kids used to barter me with food for, for herbs to cook with. You know, it's it's very uh <laughs> it was very enjoyable. But as the as the outcast kid in regular school, it gave me an in because now I have all these potions and people know who I am and I've you know I've I've got clear skin and I'm radiantly confident and they're like okay, what potion it is that you took to make you look like that? So uh, how can I get me some? Sure, here you go. Here's a here's a bag. Here, do this, do that. And uh, it was just calendula and rosemary, but it kept them you know blackhead free and clear skin and you get a reputation for being the being the neighborhood witch (laughs) that's amazing it's it was such an easy thing for people to understand like both things are happening at the same time so as as i continued my horticultural journey i started working in a greenhouse with my boss who, who absolutely is is one of the best finest humans on this planet and i still 20 years later think he's just the bee's knees, you know, I, I stop over at Yule and I drop off gifts and whatnot. It's really incredible to know that you can do all of these things at the same time to cultivate who you are. So all of these things were just a natural outgrowing of my own personal curiosity. When I, I started going to natural markets with my boss to sell flowers, of course, they, they sell essential oils and they sell all the you know, it's the, we called it the hippie store. It was a, a local co-op. It's employee owned. It's community owned. Absolutely. Find all these neat things. Okay. How can I do magic with essential oils for plants that I can't get in my neighborhood? I can't get in my own backyard. I'm not growing frankincense. So these were all just natural outcroppings. When I purchased my own home and, and started living on my own, it was really neat because I didn't want you know, I had stopped drinking soda when I was a freshman in high school. I got heart palpitations and panic attacks, not doing any of the soda business anymore. So I started blending uh, herbal teas in my home to have on hand. You know, you want to have something refreshing and sweet. And at one point I blended an entire line of teas that all taste like the different flavors of Tootsie Pop. <laughs> <laughs> so six years of blending my own teas and serving them to guests and having friends over and taking them to coven events. And every time someone said like, why aren't you doing this as a job? Why why don't you have a business doing this? Because it's so incredible. Share your talents with the world. 
And it wasn't until I was, I had been in private in executive protection and private security for 15 years. And I was the head of security for two high rises in Wilmington, Delaware, 35, 45 floors of people whose lives were in my hand, in my actual hands, you know, I'm getting phone calls at two o'clock in the morning to put out literal fires. <laughs> it's such, it was so draining that I, I had nothing left over for my spiritual self. Oh, Amy, wow. the witch was, was off left in the dust somewhere because in a very conservative field, I, I didn't feel like it was smart or pertinent of me to let people know I was a witch. And so it's just something that it wasn't that I ever made the conscious thought to go into the broom closet. It was just sort of things that I didn't talk about because it's not professional to talk about religion at work. Mm-hmm. And so one day I just decided like, I, I feel like the, this empty husk of a person, I need to get back to where I'm supposed to be. So I put in my two weeks, I trained my replacement and on my very first day as a joyfully unemployed person, I went down to my kitchen and I, I dug out the big cauldron. It's the, it's the one that's almost two inches across or two, uh, two feet across and full of playground, purple playground sand for incense and rituals and uh, what have you. I said, okay, I need to get rid of all this baggage from the, the last 15 years of work so I can move forward and do something amazing and fulfilling and understandable. So I, I grabbed my van van oil and my, my candles and this cauldron and I'm carving and anointing and chanting and talking and just sort of letting all this baggage out. When the doorbell rang, <laughs> that's the fastest magic I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, it was the male lady dropping off a package I had to sign for. And so I go back into the kitchen and I'm, and I light the wick. And I think, you know, if I had a tea to, to go with this oil that I just used, you know, I could continue the, the magical working. I could think about my working while I'm drinking the tea, while the candle's burning, like it would keep me focused. And especially with ADHD brain, like focusing on one thing for any more than, you know, 10 minutes, is really hard. <laughs> and so the light bulb goes on over my head. Okay, magical teas. And it must have been 10 minutes later, I had 15 blends. And seven years later, I have almost 100. Wow, Amy. Darn you. That's a lot of tea. <laughs> yeah. Now that I was going to have to buy all of them. <laughs> that's not counting the magical oils that are from Blackthorn's Botanical Magic that have a little bit of a little bit more of harder to find ingredients. So people might not necessarily want to buy a bunch of stuff to buy to create one thing. So I've, I have a couple of the more popular uh, oil blends on the website and there's I my quarantine project was creating a line of spell candles to go with a line of teas so oh, there's man. teas for deities there's tea there's a tarot line there's um, classical astrology and the, the different teas for each planet and there's there's so much fun stuff that helps you live a magical life and turn your your morning ritual into a ritual Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really empowering to, to find something that was centering and whole. And then I could, I could do for the rest of my life. We talk a lot about weaving magic into your daily life so that it's consistent and not, um, it doesn't have to be a big event, but it can feel like a big event because 
it's magic, uh, but but that it's it's simple as stirring your coffee or your tea and adding a special ingredient and saying a little chant, you know. And so teas are totally my way in. As we talked about right before we started recording, I have a tea addiction. Corey goes home <laughs> with tea every time she comes over and records. Um, and- Which is doing nothing for my tea addiction. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and, and I have well, been I will on- let you- yeah. Oh no. Go ahead. I said I will let you know there are there are samplers. So it's a half God. ounce of tea. So it's like five cups of tea. So you can know you really love it before you reorder. They're all loose. So it's no. There's no tea bag junk. There's no plastic in your tea. It's just tea. See that for me is like oh that means I get to get more. <laughs> Because they're smaller. <laughs> so, of course, I'll go through them. Yeah. So, instead of five, I can get like 20. <laughs> I look forward to trying your teas because I'm going to be honest, uh, I didn't know you had a tea shop. So, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so, I went on. I, I was When was it? It was, I went on a couple of weeks ago, Amy, and I saw the teas and I just went, walk away, Detta. Walk away now. Um <laughs> Just, just, wait, just, just wait for payday. Yeah. Just wait for the tax return. <laughs> just wait. So, and then, so then we have to talk about the, uh, for one thing, Amy, you're an amazing teacher. I, 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 you really, I've only had the opportunity to take one class with you and I am literally chomping at the bit to take more. I took the, you offered it during WitchCon, but because of the way WitchCon was running, I didn't take it via WitchCon because I saw that you offered it through WitchLab and that was a Zoom and interactive and it was all about making a cocktail, which by the way, my wife thanks you very much uh, because now we have absinthe and this amazing <laughs> gin in our house that we used for Ramus Vinges's yesterday. But, Gin fizzes. Wow, my tongue. Uh, And orange water. So when you said that earlier um, about oranges. uh, Oh, yeah. I'm referring to a conversation that we did not have on air. Never mind. I used (laughs) orange oil to uh, anoint my Beltane candle. Yeah. Oh, oranges. As a matter of fact, this as an aside, see, I put up yesterday, we're, we're recording on the second, the day after Beltane. I put up for Beltane, I put my Beltane anointing oil <gasps> recipe on amyblackthorn.com. So if you go to the homepage, all my blog posts are right there on the left-hand corner and you'll see May 1st, Beltane anointing oil. So you can get the recipe right there on amyblackthorn.com. And it has that orangey, sweet, amazing texture to it that you'll just love. So it's got lavender and orange or tangerine and a little patchouli to ground those feelings in the long term. Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh. Well, that's uh, you were the one who introduced me to the type of gin that I that I picked up rather than tangerine. It's a botanical one. Yeah, God, Uncle Val's botanical gin yes. is the best thing ever. I love a botanical gin. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You have to take some home with you today. I will not I will, say no to I that. Will, yeah, because oh, Amy, it's just so good. So that leads me to when are you teaching more? What other things do you teach? And please teach more. <laughs> <laughs> so I for those like of you who have not gotten to, those of you who have not gotten to take a live class with me you can see the video recordings of those classes on amyblackthorn.com you can purchase them um, right now for Beltane I have a uh, coupon code for 20% off anything in the store which includes those videos so you could 
pay for video classes and take them whenever they're yours, you own the, the link. So when we do this, we, I, I, I'm teaching all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I just turned in my manuscript for my next book, which we can totally talk about. Uh, <laughs> so I'm ready to, I'm ready to teach more classes because I, I spent from January until April, just pouring my heart, soul and waking moments into a new book. So now that it's, I'm, it's in the capable hands of my absolutely incredible magical editor, um, Mr. Dick <laughs> Ellis, uh, author of the Element Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells. She's amazing. And I would wow. take a bullet for that woman. <laughs> wow. It's um, now that I have some minutes in between editing, I'm looking forward to teaching a lot more classes. So you can find out when I teach those both in uh, on Facebook at Amy Blackthorn Author. And I have a group for anyone who's interested. It's Amy Blackthorn's Green Realm, where we share memes and we, we we talk to each other. And I also post my classes in there. So you can absolutely please feel free to check them out. <laughs> I'm so all over that. Okay, cool. Is that on Facebook, that group? That is on Facebook. And there's, there's bonus content you can find in the Green Realm that's not available anywhere else. Uh, for Love example, last content. year, <laughs> I did a really incredible interview um, and botanical salon with Miss Cindy Brannon. And so half of the recording you can hear on my podcast, The Blackthorn Grove, and the second half is only available in the Amy Blackthorn Green Realm. Uh, to, and we just did one yesterday for Beltane, which uh, was super duper fun. We did about two hours of hanging out. So the, the first hour will be on The Blackthorn Grove and the, the rest of that content will be available in the Green Realm I'm so excited. That's excellent news. Yeah. So all <laughs> of you out there that are just like me, tea addiction, check. So your new book is coming out and the title one more time is? The next book is Blackthorn's Protection Magic, A Green Witch's Guide to Self-Defense. Ooh. <gasps> oh, wait, we started to talk about it. We didn't finish it. So, so okay. what else can you say about it? What are you allowed? It was before we go on to <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I've got the you know, I've got the down low. So this book, it's our you know the first draft is already turned in, so you never know quite how it'll turn out as a finished draft. But some of the things that I it were it was important to me to talk about was this is the book where I get to bring some of the fifteen years of executive protection and private security and bring it into. Mm my my witchy books because this up until now they've been pretty separate it's been you know daytime amy and witchy amy well <laughs> when when i signed the contract for botanical magic like i i got to be amy full-time and it was really important to me to bring some of this stuff to bear in this book because we talk we there's so many books on protection magic but i can't think of a single one that actually delves into physical protection of your personal self where, you know, things that happen in the real world. I've, mm -hmm. I've been in, I've had life and death situations for being a witch. I had a guy shop at my house with a claw hammer, threatening to burn down my house and kill my pets because I was a witch. I got run off the road into oncoming traffic for having a witchy bumper sticker on my car. This, this man is screaming at his window, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live and dr oh. driving me into oncoming traffic. Like, things that happen in the real world because of who we are and it, it can be scary. So there are real things that you could do to protect yourself. And I'm not talking like, oh, learn to make a fist and punch somebody in the nose because we don't have that 
ability a lot of times. You know, we live in a world where uh, women telling a man that they're not interested are killed for merely saying no thank you. So I teach you things like how to escape rope, how to escape duct tape, how to escape handcuffs, how to escape zip ties, how to know someone's following you, how to make sure they are or are not following you before you ditch them like yesterday's news. It's so important to know these things and be able to take care of yourself because one of the things I learned very early is no one's going to do it for you. No, uh, they're one not. Of my, one of my really fantastic botanical allies came about in just a few years, eight years ago. So I was every month or so, I, I beat the bounds. I make sure that my, my property is safe and secure and it's well contained. And it gives me an opportunity to really look and make sure that things are the way they should be. And one of the things I noticed one day was all of a sudden there was a ring of pokeweed growing around the outside of one of the fences that we had for, uh, I have I have dogs, I have, I have two dogs right now. Uh, Lilu, uh, Lilu Dallas Multipass is her name. And Obviously. Millie, who is, <laughs> Millie, who is just a, a little puppy who is interested in the world and wants to be everyone's friend and doesn't understand that not everyone is her friend yet. Mm. So I'm, I'm checking out the fence <laughs> and I see this ring of poke those of you who don't know what poke is, um, it's a very tall, fleshy weed. It gets, um, it can be here in the zone 7A. It's, it gets, you know, six and seven feet tall, but it produces these grape looking bunches of purple berries. Kids are always taught, oh, those are poisonous, don't eat them. But one of the things that we know as, as witches, if it can protect you, if it can protect itself, it can protect you. It's a very symbiotic relationship. So I create poke ink. You can learn how to make that in the very back of Blackthorn's Botanical Magic. Uh, it talks about our botanical allies and creating divination systems with your, your plant allies. But I write with a glass tip pen in a, in a singular journal, anything that my protection worries, my woes, my things that really make me anxious because poke ink is a natural ink, which means that it fades over time. So those things that I'm worried about, that I'm anxious about, they fade just like those memories, just like those feelings, they go away. Perfect for banishing the things that make us anxious or nervous. So I'm looking, okay, this is my backyard. This is a very potent protective ally. What do I need protection from that I can't see because it's behind me? So I start examining my life and what's going on. And it turns out that I had a stalker and it was actually really scary this turn this man turned out to be a convicted child sex offender uh, who committed unspeakable acts that I will not repeat on the air and did actual hard time for it which is uh, that anyone who's involved in criminal justice can tell you that's difficult uh, which speaks to some of the issues that they had and so he worked in our building the he worked in the in the cafeteria of the building where I was working at that point and decided I was fascinated oh. and started stalking me uh, the day that I started in that building my partner pulled me aside I was in you know you're in training for the first two weeks or on any new site my partner pulled me aside and said look you see that guy over there walking out the, the door for a smoke break I said yeah he said you stay away from him okay this guy is not playing around he's not joking he's not messing around he said look at the woman following behind him 
her shoulders are curved down, her head's dunked down. He says, they all start just like you are, happy and go lucky. And he says, by the time he's finished with them, they look like her. Oh, okay. Amy. I, I took it. I didn't know anything about this person, just that he, just looking at him put shivers up my spine. Can I also just say that that really chaps my ass that they, instead of like firing or moving him, yeah. just warned women to not get too close. Like that's wrong and backwards and really, really, really grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep in mind, so that even though they're, this is in one building, nobody worked for anybody else. So I was in security. Um, he worked for the the company that handled the cafeteria, and every every business in this office building was a different company. So we had no control over him at all. Um, so it's very it's very interesting because I I went out of my way to avoid this person forever. Uh, they would finish their the cafe would close at one thirty. They'd do their closing prep and they'd be out of the building by two. I was off work at 2.30 and more often than not, he was standing next to my car waiting for me to get out of work for a half an hour, just standing there and See, waiting every I, day. I, I was going to say, I, I agree with Corey. Why the heck could, is that not enough to have someone fired? And yeah, y'all can't I'm see it. I'm so sorry, Amy. I just, <laughs> I just have like nasty stank face during this entire story. You can't see it, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found out... Uh, when it came time to actually report him that I, when I felt safe enough to report him for this, mm -hmm. uh, it was when I had gotten to such a point where we had to get the police involved. He's now made specific threats and taken action to complete those threats that were hair curlingly specific. Ugh. When I got this to this point, they call down his boss. My my boss called down his boss so they can have the confab and they can I can tell this whole ridiculous story over again. I'm so sorry. And the guy says, Okay, are you willing to make a report about this? Are you willing to put in a complaint? Of course, that's why I'm here. That's the whole <laughs> point in this this whole ridiculous charade is for me to, to make a, a complaint about it. Because he had been doing this the entire time he had been in the building. He was scribbling his phone number on women's lunchboxes. He was tucking it, napkins with his phone number on inside their lunchboxes so they didn't find it until they got back. Like repeated problems and repeated harassment of countless women in this building. I said, and why exactly is he still employed here? If this has been a repeated pattern of abuse, why? He said, because every time someone complained, every time a woman complained about his behavior, we asked them, whether or not they wanted to make a formal complaint and every single one of them said no every single one of them said well i don't want to get anybody in trouble i just want them to leave me alone and so they didn't bother to fire him that's not on the the women who are victimized by this person no. it's on the company who said yeah. well until they make a formal complaint it does, no this is an at-will state get rid of him yeah as uh, one of my was, favorite podcasts says fuck politeness yeah that was one of the yeah. i have that on a keychain i have it on thank my you my song. favorite murder I, I learned at the very first self-defense class i took yeah yeah posted that everywhere yeah fuck polite i say yeah. it in acting class fuck politeness straight wow. up uh, so did they get rid of him amy they did, did get rid of him that day Good. uh they called the police so i could make a, a formal complaint to the police and uh luckily delaware has terroristic threatening laws because though he had admitted 
to coming to my second job in an attempt to kidnap me xyz and dump my body in x place um they it was considered uh terroristic threatening and not attempted murder because he didn't actually he didn't he was parking outside of my place of employment with a motorhome to transport me to another place they found a kit in his car like this is serious business this is not just somebody making a joke i hate it when people really brush off women's feelings like oh they must be joking he was arrested with chloroform in his car he was arrested with and was still given one year probation so that is these are the biggest problems i have with stalking laws is that they well until you're hurt they can't do anything and that's ridiculous beside the point and i do not understand why why it has to go that that's another high agenda market for me is to get that so but you had you had been learning training on how to deal with this but knew he was still out um i obviously you're here and well and (laughs) um and so he how how your book is going into how to deal with things like these in the mundane world, in the real world, in the physical world, as well as magical attributes. I, I take it. That's what Yes. So I talk about botanical allies you can create, how to garden to grow your protective intentions, plants you can plant in strategic places to keep your house safe. Like holly trees are great for protecting your house from lightning. Uh, they're great for magical protection. But also, no one's going to be hiding your bushes because yeah. anyone ever been this close to a holly tree? That hurts. <laughs> so it keeps your house safe. Things like if you have an exterior door to a home, rather than having just your outside door, add a screen door. It'll, it'll elevate your level of home insulation and make sure that your home is a little bit more protected because um, one of the things that I, I, I did in my getting my bachelor's in criminal justice was talking to law enforcement, talking to uh, career thieves, like, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that I can do to help uh, harden my target so that it's not, oh, yeah. it's not a target for thieves? The first and most common thing they said was they looked for houses without screen doors because your mm. neighbors are nosy just by habit. If <laughs> yeah. they hear one noise, they can brush it off as, oh, it must be the neighbor's dog has got out. But if they hear repeated noises, so they hear someone breaking the screen door to unlock it, and then they hear someone else breaking the front door to get into your home, that's that's two noises. They're automatically giving themselves license to go check it out. Yeah. So making your home and making your space as safe as possible is one of the best things we can do. I wish, I wish to the gods that we lived in a place where I didn't have to wake up and worry about what I'm wearing being held up in a court of law as evidence of my promiscuity. Uh, yeah. But we don't. Your passive, I, I your passive willingness. Yes. What was that, Corey? Your passive, <laughs> like your passive willingness or agreement. Yeah. I had a stalker in high school and I got told by more than one person that I should be flattered. Oh my God. I should take it as a compliment. And uh i wasn't secure enough in myself to be like no that's fucked <laughs> eventually i could though, set people on fire with my mind oh God, <laughs> every day job. yeah uh, oh oh yes i don't know about you guys but 
I'm excited for <laughs> to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm already, <laughs> I'm already quite aware and wary, but I, I like having more tools. Yeah. So I'm excited for this book. Yeah. When can we look forward to it? <laughs> so it should be out um, either late fall or early, early winter. We yes, originally so. talked about the release being sometime in January. Uh, for my birthday I, since i got it in <laughs> since i got it in a little early Ooh. maybe it'll come out a little earlier i have no control over this all i do is yeah. is bang on the keys until words fall out sure so the amazing humans at uh, red wheel wiser uh, and my incredible editor are responsible all i do is respond to things by my deadline as often as possible um <laughs> 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 this was this was a really important book for me to write and i'm so glad that it's something that I can share with people. I, w- I really hope that that inspires some um, new people to look at law, the reformation of the criminal justice system. Cash bail is ridiculous. Stop doing that to people. <laughs> I think that it fills a, it fills a void to yeah. this book will fill a void. Cause I don't know that I've ever heard of a book like it. Yeah, I, I think that's what. I, yeah, I think you're right that there are a lot of great books out there about magical protection, but combining them with physicality and physical, real world actions is missing. And so I'm and really looking forward to you it. You said that you have a degree in criminal justice. I, I am one credit shy of a degree in criminal justice. Thank you. Hey, Adam, uh, nice work. <laughs> uh, well, then I, I'm excited to read like your perspective yeah. as well on that. Yeah, I, I really wanted to do a lot of different things and I'm glad that I have the opportunity to do, I mean, I wanted a book with my name on it before I could write my name. <laughs> so I never thought I'd get a chance to be an author of Books on Witchcraft and it's not only is it a lifelong dream, but I'm I'm glad that it helps change the things that I'm able to do with the stuff that I learned. Yeah. Well, back to, if we may, before we let you go, Botanical Brews, that was the class that I took, was a class on how to make one of your cocktails. And it was absolutely beautiful. But what I loved about it was how much, again, Amy's a great teacher. Please take classes with her. Wonderful history, etymology of words, all of it together. It was just such a beautiful class. What would you say is one of your favorite recipes from that book that people should look up when they go and buy it? Oh, <laughs> the Cork Survivor <laughs> Two is the is the one that was in your class. It's it's a it's a dear favorite, um, and also. My grandmother, um, we'll say adjunct, my, she's my uh, great aunt, Josephine, taught me at a very young age, you know, uh, next to her apron strings, how to make uh, limoncello. So oh, my, yeah. my, my grandmother's family is uh, from you know, Sicily and Italy and these beautiful regions. And so she taught me how to make her limoncello recipe at a very young age. And it's one of my favorites in the book. There's a quickie recipe that just involves slicing lemons and tossing them in vodka and let them macerate for a while. But the more energy focused, the more intense version of that, you can, you see the magical associations of lemon and how vodka works together to extract and all the the chemical process and the science behind it. But the magic really brings me close to my, my friends and my family. I actually utilize that recipe at Yule a lot because citrus comes available, you know, in the late winter. So I use it with tangerine or pink grapefruit or um, tangelos, 
and I create something I call sunshine with those citruses. And instead mm. of the lemon in limoncello, I'll use tangerine and rose hips and hibiscus. Lots of vitamin C. It makes a great housewarming gift. It makes great Yule gifts. You know, if you're so enjoying getting ready to have parties again, sitting out on the back patio, oh. something citrusy and sweet, perfect. You can make it an hour ahead. You can make it a couple hours ahead. It's very easy to drink because it's got a low alcohol volume considering it's, you know, pure booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but I do want to point out, great. you also provide alternatives for non-alcoholic beverages all throughout your book. So I, I also, important. yeah, really appreciate that as well. So even though if you want that super, super boozy, go for that. But you also have the option of non-super boozy, which I love that you were so conscientious about that. It was one of the first things that I, I, I really put my foot down with myself. Um, the kitchen chapter that talks about how, how to make syrups to flavor sodas and create your own magical concoctions. I made sure that there were zero mentions of alcohol in it at all. Anywhere that there's ma magical uses of alcohol, I also right under it, there you'll see a cute little cocktail glass with a line through it emblem to let you know that there's a sober substitution for this magical thing. Uh, it doesn't matter why you choose not to drink. Yeah. It's really nobody's business. Um, I was in, uh, I'm a chronic migraine patient, so I, I take daily medications, a bucket of them, um, to keep me sane and able to chop to you fabulous people. Uh, <laughs> but one of the drugs that they prescribed for me for a while, I could not have any alcohol with. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just a suggestion. I was out no. at a, like a home show with my with my dear friend, Jana, who we are chaos together. It's beautiful. We stopped, there was a, a local winery had tastings of their wines and they had one mead. I figured it's a thimble sized glass, it's like the communion cups of thimbles. I figure, okay, I can taste it. And then, you know, I, I know whether I can take this, I can enjoy it after I'm off of this medication. And so I take the sip that's found in this thimble of mead and probably, five, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm giggling at Jana telling her, I can feel my feet. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or on medications or in recovery, it doesn't matter why, it's no one's business. Please never ask somebody, don't pressure people. They're, create mocktails, create things that and allow and invite everyone to take part in your beneficial, joyful, whatever's happening. But never, please ever, don't make people feel like they have to explain why they don't drink. It's, not, it's no one's business. No, yeah, so really not. Including those suburb substitutions was really important to me. Cool. I love that. And they're great shrub recipes and everything. And I saw for the first time, Amy, I thought of you. I went, I went to the grocery store for realsies and there were, <laughs> there was, there were all these shrubs that were made and they were selling them in the grocery store at our local called Metropolitan Market, which isn't a shishi kind of, I had to get a special. It's not quite whole foods shishi. No, not quite. But it's definitely like a couple rungs above like a Safeway. But it had orange <laughs> which is why when I saw all these shrubs and I was like, oh, I'm thinking of Amy <laughs> because those of you playing home game. <laughs> yeah. Those of you playing the home game, a shrub is a drinking vinegar that you can use to flavor sodas or cocktails. It makes a great base. Um, one of the last things I did before lockdown last March 
uh, was I went to my local grocery store and they have in the produce section those pre-cut bowls of fruit for you know just a couple mm. bucks it was March and I had this craving for watermelon anyone who's ever purchased watermelon or such fruits out of season knows they taste like sand I wasn't even <laughs> thinking of this I all I knew was I wanted watermelon and I was going to have it so I get it home and I take one bite and it tastes like sand because it's out of season. It just looks like the right color. So your brain says, ah, I need this in my face right now. <laughs> and so what I did with it was I created a shrub with it. I used that fresh cut watermelon and I grabbed a Prosecco vinegar. So it's light and crisp and sweet. And it's very, very delicate on your tongue. Pairs well with the watermelon. So I pour that over the watermelon. I add my sugar to it and I let it sit on the counter for two days the vinegar breaks the cell wall of the watermelon and releases all the sugar and watermelon flavor that I couldn't taste. It was still in there. It was just trapped. So the vinegar just breaks the cell wall and lets all that gorgeous flavor into it. You get that, that ruby sweet color to it. So I had my drinking, it's now a syrup. It doesn't taste like vinegar anymore. It tastes like watermelon and, and just a little crisp bubbles on your tongue. I can add that to a soda and have watermelon soda while I was locked down and have a little treat. I wasn't feeling like I was, you know, locked away in a tower somewhere. You could put it and in like a sorbet the, float. <laughs> you could put it in. And that. I was actually able to grab the, some of the botanical gin from when I uh, was writing Blackthorns Botanical Brews. I used the Uncle Val's Botanical Gin, which has, it's reminiscent of Uncle Val's uh, garden in Italy. So it has not just, it's a cucumber forward gin with uh, sage and lemon and lavender in it. Mm. So watermelon and cucumber go beautifully together. So I, I created the Italian job cocktail, uh, just uh, two ounces of my watermelon syrup and a couple ounces of my Italian sparkling water and some, this beautiful botanical gin. And I had a really bright, sweet, colorful cocktail that was just joyful to, to imbibe and enjoy. Mm. responsibly <laughs> oh amy thank you so much i also just want to throw out even though i mentioned at the beginning sacred smoke also another really great book and so this will be number four coming out is that right yes so okay. excited four books in four years is just mind-blowing <laughs> so good so lucky to have you so much that's so much books i'm so glad you quit your job <laughs> Thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. You guys just made my whole week. Yay. I appreciate you. The feeling is entirely <laughs> mutual. Totally mutual. And now we're all going to go drink. I so mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I have some designs on some strawberry syrup I have in my fridge that I made. That's right. And I just got more gas for my soda stream. So I might have to uh, have myself a little bubbly yeah. tonight. And I'm going to pass yes. Nate's Botanical. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and she can find your recipe on your website. So. <laughs> yes. And anyone who's having a hard time, anybody who's... Um, not as financially solvent as we would appreciate. The first 30 to 50 pages of each of my books is available on amyblackthorn.com for download. That way you know you want it, you know you want to buy it before you get there. Um, it can give you a little teaser until payday, uh, until you're, you're solvent enough to purchase a book that is important and precious to you. So please check out amyblackthorn.com. You can check out the, you can download them, you can have them forever, the, the first 30 to 50 pages of each of these books. 
that's amazing. super generous and yeah. amazing of you. <laughs> you are amazing. Yeah. Before you go, I do have one quick question. Uh, I love questions. We were, we were talking about the supernatural yeah, tarot deck, we and and I don't want to like make a whole big thing out of it or anything, but uh, what did you think of that ending, huh? Oh my god! <laughs> I wish I could just. So on September 13th, 2005, I was sitting on my bed watching the premiere of this new show called Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And if I had known then what I know now, I would have stopped at the penultimate episode and just pretended that, that was the ending. <laughs> and I wouldn't have watched the last episode at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the last episode or the penultimate episode because I was so cheesed. The penultimate episode was worth it to me. Okay. Good. But, that's a good but I would not I would not have watched the last episode I, I kind of wish I could delete it from my brain as a as a person who has a supernatural tattoo on their body no regrets uh <laughs> but uh I I am comfortable just pretending that seasons four through like nine or ten are the show <laughs> and, comfortable with that and as a teen <laughs> human being right here Ooh, same i just i can't even bring myself to watch the last episode yeah i can't do it don't do it, don't do it. Don't but do i feel it. like i feel like the femmes in this room in the zoom room could talk about this for yeah probably six hours it might have to be another part. oh yeah yeah we might have to just Maybe. do an episode where we invite you back and talk about it. The same. We, we could do crossover. <laughs> yeah. Amy, thank you so much. And have a uh, cooler day tomorrow, maybe, uh, temperature-wise. So early in May to be 80 degrees. And thanks again for your time. We adore you. Thank you so much. So that was a very fun conversation we just had. Totally fun. Ooh, she's the best. I like her so much. Yeah. I just want to, I literally, I want to go have cocktails with her. Like right now. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, oh, Mara, Delaware's so far away. <laughs> In honor of our wonderful guest, Miss Amy Blackthorne, uh, our spark today is Amy Blackthorne's tea shop online. And this is news to me. I didn't know. I don't know why. I feel like I should have known, but I didn't know that she had a tea shop. And now, of course, I'm going to have to go in and spend the next paycheck that I get at this tea <laughs> shop. Uh, but it's called, uh, the store is called Blackthorns Botanicals, and it's at blackthornhoodooblends.com. And it's just, it just, it looks so amazing. This first tea that's listed is inspired by Mortellus, who you might remember from a couple episodes ago. And it's called a crow tea. And I'm just like so excited about this. This is the coolest shop in the whole wide world. It looks like there's stuff on sale. And there's some that are uh, based on the gods. And there's one called Hex the Patriarchy. Oh my and gosh. Just like it's so, it's so cool. And I'm so excited. These ones look like they're based on the tarot cards. Ugh, I can't. My wife has begged me not to buy any more tea, which is the only reason that I haven't bought it. But now that she said she has samplers, oh, yeah. there is no holding me back. I'm going to have to do it. And so I'm either going to, oh, I have to, t I tell my wife everything. So of course I'll have to tell her. Yeah. Also, you live together. She'll notice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. My partner never goes into the tea cupboard like ever. So I could have a severed human head in there and he wouldn't know. <laughs> 
But um, I have a whole shelf. I should take people into my pantry. It's wild. I have an entire shelf of tea, y'all, from uh, Cat in the Kettle. Yep. And Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, and from the Witch Daily Show. Mm, yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, so get on our Instagram and leave a comment if you want Dada to take you on a pantry tour. <laughs> Uh, but our, our spark this week is that tea shop and I will go ahead and put a link in the show notes and you can check that out. It's pretty amazing. And by next week I'll have some in my house and I'll probably have to go and show you which one I have because I have to get the one from Mortellus. I mean, I have to. Dolly. Oh man. Well, this was really fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And... Coming up, we're going to be delving into some Celtic Pantheon. Mm. And eventually, Nick, I'm looking at you. Looking at you, Nick. We're going to be doing some Lou. But, uh, Lou, like L U G H. Yep. We are, uh, we're, we're going to be delving into that. So we'll have more information for you on that probably in August. Yeah. Yeah. That or makes some. Uh, why? Why would that be? I, I mean, uh-huh. there might be a holiday. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we so. are gonna dig into some Celtic pantheon next time. So yeah. until then, be well, harm none, and don't forget, you are magic. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.